podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Blue Welcome to the Man City Show. It's Nigel Rothband back in the chair with three guests. And you may think we've got very little to celebrate, but that's not true because today, at school today, Joe Doherty became a prefect. Hey. Well and Joe, I didn't, I didn't think they had prefects at primary schools. <laughs> no, that, that, that's house captains. No, I've, I've come to the conclusion that having been voted this, I'm now officially a prick. Well, yeah, well, we could have told you that, but it's nice to have you with us, Joe. Welcome. And straight back and fresh from his success at Cheltenham last week. Yes. Author, rac- minor success. author raconteur, uh, Stuart Brockin. Hello. Minor success. Minor success, you're saying? Minor. Two P. Yeah. Success, nevertheless. Three pence. <laughs> bit more. <laughs> we might come on to the betting when we come on to Champions okay. League and various things a bit later. Okay. Good to have you with us. And finally, third but not least, and wearing his Man City tie, good to see Dave Hodgson's back. Good evening. So, should we start off with a very simple question? Following our defeat to Burnley at the weekend, our chance of winning the Premier League is over. Dave? Correct. No, it was already over. <laughs> over. Officially so, over. Thanks for listening. This is Nigel Rothman and we'll talk to you all very soon. So come on lads, what's going on? We've lost. It's gone. It was gone a few weeks ago, it's definitely gone now. But having said that, maybe put a bit of chink of possible positivity on here. Chelsea are not on, on exactly the most fantastic run. They've, they've lost a couple of games and they, you know, they're, they're also struggling. They're not you know, the force they were. You know what, don't rub it in, because that's making it feel even worse. Yeah. At least back in 2013, when we really cocked the title up and gave it to United, at least they were winning games. You look at Chelsea, you think... They're good, they grind out results, they're nothing special. If we'd been, you know, anywhere near as good as we were last season, we would be, you know, even if we weren't top of the league, we'd at least be competing. But we're not competing for the title, we're competing for fourth this season yeah. now, really, aren't we? I think they've got a very, very important game this week, though, against West Brom. Yeah. On Saturday, because if we don't win that, or we get a draw, we, we might not finish second. And we could even, you know, on our present run of form, slip out of the top four. It's not, it's not impossible. The thing that scares me most now is we've talked about this numerous times on this podcast, that we needed to step up our game because we thought Chelsea might make mistakes, but at no point have we looked like we were actually going to correct this slide we'd been in for a very long time now. We now have more pressure from below. We are, we are in a fight for fourth, you're entirely right. And I think that's something we're... That sh- the players, I hope, are well aware of. But with Pellegrini, I don't think he has shown any ability to motivate the players out of this slump at any stage. And now we're at a point where, if, if he doesn't, it's not just a case of him losing his job, because I, I personally think he's, he's one foot out the door already. But the damage that this could actually do the club, if we don't get Champions League, and if he can't motivate them to turn that around... Is, is beyond just that, but actually affects how we move on. 
with but, the next decision. But Dave, at, at this level, with players of that calibre, is it really you know the manager's job at that level to motivate them? Is it, is, should they not be up for it? And, and, and some of the criticism in the press have been, we don't look as though we're up for it. You know, we turn up at these games against Burnley thinking, well, we're a class act, we're the champions, we'll stroll this one and win it. And these teams, are, they're up for it. And they, and they took us to the cleaners. I mean, possession 70-30 has got nothing to do with it. They won the game and we lost Absolutely. it. Absolutely. I think someone here a couple of weeks ago was saying that it's not the manager's job or not the manager's main job to motivate the team. I entirely disagree. I think if you look at teams, you know, Shankly's teams, Ferguson's teams, they were motivated by the manager. Not by, you know, players are not self-motivating, in my opinion. No matter how much money they get, no matter how intelligent or unintelligent they are, they don't go out onto the pitch motivated unless they're told. And I think it's the manager's job. I completely agree. I think in all professions of life, you lose faith in yourself and what your cause is if the people at the top aren't aren't with you and you know it's exactly the same in any sport you think if your coach is not confident in you you don't feel confident in yourself and you don't feel confident in those around you it's all about confidence it's a confidence game football well okay I mean let me let me frame the case again aside from motivation but on tactics I've said before 4-4-2 has not worked 4-4-2 only works when you have two central midfielders who track back when you lose possession and then push forward when you have it. What we have, I think, you know, um, Yaya Torre and Vladimir Putin were very similar this weekend, but no one knew who, where either of them were. We had a game where we had Yaya Torre sort of floating in the ether. We, had, we effectively have one central midfielder every time we lost the ball. Against Burnley, who you know are disciplined, they're going to work and they're going to push for every single ball. You can't have that. And tactically, we've seen this with 4-4-2 so many times. And I don't know whether it's complacency. I don't know whether it's a lack of ability to adapt to the team we're playing. But, you know, Pellegrini's defenders have been saying, we play with this tactic and eventually we'll work our way out of the slump. But we haven't. It hasn't worked on so many occasions now. And it's been the same old story that we've been outplayed by a team that's worked harder than us and used the frailties that come with that system, which are now so well known, against us. And it's happened so many times and we failed to adapt to it. And I think this is a, a real crisis now. So, so are we saying then, Joe, that it's the manager's fault for not motivating those players and it's also 4-4-2 is not the right formation? Is it a combination of those two things? Is it as simple as that? Yeah, I totally agree. I think 4-4-2, the one good performance we've had with 4-4-2 in recent weeks was Newcastle. <laughs> but what the thing about that game was, you were saying about working hard, Dave, Newcastle were crap that night. Awful. Every scene we've played, Pellegrini seems to have got into his mind since then that 4-4-2 is the way forward because of that game. And you, it's so naive. I could have told you. When we played Newcastle, my first reaction was, that was very good. Newcastle clearly weren't good. But I hope we don't take 4-4-2 to Barcelona. It won't work. Or just don't play it away from home at any point. And what do we do? We go and play 4-4-2 against Barca and we get totally spanked in the first half. And, you know, tomorrow... For example, I'm sure we'll come to this later. If we play four four two tomorrow, I wouldn't be surprised if we lost more than we have. The but, worst defeat. But we've, we've had, had this argument money. before, where you know, if he'd played four four two and we hadn't scored, you know, you've got to score goals, and you know, he's got to have two up front. Would be his view, and yeah. you know, we've got enough in midfield to cope with it, and we, he needs two strikers to make sure we're scoring goals, and we've got to score at least two against Barca. Yeah, going away from that game, I think winning the Premier League in his first season may have been a sort of false dawn. For Pellegrini, he's not he's not adapted this season when the team's not been playing so well. 
Um, you know, other managers have different formations for different games, away, home, different opposition. He doesn't seem to do that. He seems to, you know, Joe's saying, you know, it'll come right in the end. We've got, we've got great players. That's true. But great players have to play in the right formation or else they don't produce. And I, I think that's what's happening this season. He's not adapted. It may be arrogance. It may be the fact that, oh, well, we won it last year playing like this. We'll win it again. We've got virtually the same team. Why can't we do it again? But it's not working. I mean, we, we've been found out. We, you, you saw against Burnley, David Silva every time. You know, so many men on him. People have worked out where our outlets are, how we try and use the ball, and how to crowd us out of games. Last season, people haven't worked it out. Pellegrini's tactics were new and fresh, and they worked, and the goals reined in. But now we, we've been found out and he hasn't been able to adapt that formula to something that's new and fresh. And that's when a manager, for me, really starts to run out of steam. And he's not done anything that makes it look like he's going to re-energise. Managers have got to change how they play to keep being successful. Mancini got a kicking in his last season at City for experimenting with the three at the back. Redknapp this season got a kicking for playing 4-5-1 away from home and 4-4-2 at home. But really... I don't think that's right. I think both occasions it was the players failing to adapt when actually the manager was trying to be intelligent and use it for different scenarios. Pellegrini has played 4-4-2 more or less all season apart from, ironically, you know, the one moment when we had no strikers we were playing a sort of 4-5-1, 4-6-0 and guess what? That was our best run of the season. It's yeah. the best we've played this season. I don't know. I think it's the end of the road. I think regime change is underway or will be underway very shortly. Even if we get through tomorrow night, which we probably won't, um, I think it's, you know, his days are numbered. I know they're not a sacking outfit, Abu Dhabi, but, you know, I think not getting as far as we can in the, in the Champions League, not regaining or defending our title will, will have an effect, and I think it may be the right choice. I mean, they're not going to do anything before the end of the season, are no. they? I, I can't see that happening. They you know, won't. Because, you know, even if we... It doesn't look as though we're going to... We're out of Europe, say, and we will come yeah. on to that. You know, we don't make top four, whatever. Then I, I still can't see them doing it during the season. No. Uh, but who comes in? Well, that, that was going to be my next question. I mean, you know, Rafa's been mentioned. I have oh, one name I would love to see in the job, and I think we could probably get him, and that's Diego Simeone. I think he is a fantastic manager, real passion, really new, inventive tactics, and if, and if you're not motivated by him, who are you going to be motivated by? Proper, old-style, aggressive, in-your-face, makes the players work for him, and the commitment or his side has shown you know, in the amazing run Atletico Madrid had Champions League, La Liga last year. You could just see it. They play for that man, and if they don't play for that man, he makes sure they're nowhere near the team. Not Pep, then? Not a Pep man? We won't get him. We won't get him, and I don't actually want him. Well, let's tackle those two. Won't get him. We'll, we'll double his wages. He can live in Manchester, for Christ's sake. I mean, that guy's got, oh, yeah. can't be much more of a motivation than that, for God's sake. Give up Oktoberfest and have the Curry Mile. Well, exactly. Sorted. After yeah, Mrs. De tourist advert. Yeah, correct. <laughs> uh, but, so we can certainly afford him, and so why would he not do it? I'm totally with Dave. I'd go with Simeone, because, for me, Pep Guardiola has never been... It might, I might be totally wrong, but I don't think he's ever been. I don't think he's ever been at a challenging club. He's been at Barcelona when they were the best team in the world, bar none. He's been a. He's taken Bayern Munich, a, tre, a treble winning Bayern Munich, and bought in some other great players. If he comes to City, he would have to, you know, deal with a club who I think at the end of the season could be a club wounded after a piss poor title defence, and you know. 
touch wood, I hope not, you know, just scraping the top four, maybe not even in the top four. Well, wouldn't that be the sort of challenge that Guardiola would love? Simeone's proven that he can do something okay. like that, though, because he's made I mean, Atletico. Well, either would do for me, so. But surely a lot of the players are going to go with Pellegrini, you know, if he goes four or five, maybe six or seven players will be out. Because coming, coming back to the players, just for a second, because the, the other bit that we haven't mentioned tonight, I don't think we have in many weeks gone by, is the, is the, the, age, the fact that this is an ageing squad. And, you know, Joe, you will tell us their birth dates and, you know, star signs, you know, to, to help us through on this. But that is one of the issues, isn't yeah. it? We know you, you see some of the, the, you know, the backbone of that squad. And, and they're ageing. You know, Yaya's not any younger. Companies had his worst season ever for us. Uh, you know, none of them again. 29 tonight. Indeed, we were going to sing, we could sing Happy Birthday. No, Happy Birthday, Edin, 29 today indeed and that's the age of the squad the average exactly. age is 29 Liverpool's when we played Liverpool their squad was 23 mm. you know six years is a lot in football you know averaged out across the team so we've got to get some young blood in there you know I mean Torre is a great example of what I would call a luxury player he doesn't tackle if he scores a fantastic goal he's done a job for us but he hasn't scored so many fantastic goals this season, either from free kicks or from open play. It's about one or two, again, isn't it? Again, don't forget, this man was a holding midfielder when we signed him. It's, it's only in the time he's been at City where he's become this player who's so averse to defending. I, I don't know where this is. I, I, I can only assume that he's somewhere in his head decided, I am not a defensive player anymore. Because we yeah. know he used to be able to do it. I, I remember him playing centre-half for Barcelona. Yeah, he can tackle, yeah. He can tackle, yeah. But it's probably in his contract that he doesn't have to tackle anymore. <laughs> Possibly, yeah. Or take corners. Oh. Nobody can take corners. <laughs> well, Toure can. The difference is he takes them for the Ivory Coast when everyone else in the team is massive. Yeah. At City, we need him in the... I mean... He's not very good at heading, but he's a presence. I was quite keen not to mention corners tonight, but it's just happened. I've done it again. Dave, you've not been here on our corner debate, I don't think, so you can no. join in and help us out here. Why can't we? You know, they're paid hundreds of thousands of pounds a week and they can't take corners. I don't, we can't understand We that. can't score from them. It's, it's about 220 now since we scored from a corner. And, and improving. We, we did beat the first man a few times against Burnley, which is the one sort of <laughs> compliment I was going to give them tonight. Yeah, Pellegrini no, in. It's a, it's a good point well made, Dave, to the, be the, one, the one guy... I've always wondered the one player I've seen in City's team who I think is properly good at taking goals. I think Nasri's all right, but mm. the one player who can really do it is Alexander Kolarov. Yes, and I've, I've you know the, the better corners I've seen from City have been from Kolarov, but it's it's a shame because Silver is such a wonderful player and such a brilliant user of the ball, but corners he just there's some there's some sort of mental block there. We can't have him taking corners, and we seem to repeat on repeatedly do this. I mean, by all means, have him going short, have him at the edge of the box to work his magic. But you just can't, you, you can't have him taking corners. It, it's not worked, and it, so often he hits the first man. And I don't think there's any sort of cohesion about who takes the corners. Like, I was at Chelsea, Milner, had ju- it was getting towards the end of the game, we need to win, we're one all, we're looking like if anyone's going to win it, we will. Milner had taken a really good corner that had set up a chance, or it had been quite good. We've got a corner in the last minute, and I'm going, please, Milner, please, please, please. And despite the fact that at that point, you just, regardless of anything, you get your best player to take your corner, Navas goes over and takes it, and it was crap. And Navas has been taking corner... Like, the corner from take at Chelsea, in front of where we were sitting, was awful, and it's the sort of... That most managers will look at that and go, nope, he's never taken corners again. Like, you know, Brendan Rogers writing down on his little um, notepad. notepad. <laughs> yeah, he'd have written of that. Uh, you know, Navas never take corners again. Okay, and Irish, by the way. he is. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah from Northern Ireland. Cheers. The Broadchurch. <laughs> try, try and keep up well, if you can, Stuart. No, it's, it's from Northern Ireland. Okay. Yeah, uh, and in fact, on that very note, you can help us out here. Happy St Patrick's Day. Thank you to everybody. And Joe, on your father's side, I think we have yeah. some Irish yeah. stock. Irish. And I thought what we would do, just to get, give you some thinking time, to, to try and celebrate something, try and celebrate something after this rather miserable weekend, is the best ever. Your Irish eleven. So they are Irish, not necessarily capped players, Irish, and have played for Manchester City. So I give you a little bit of thinking time. I've done a little bit of research myself, just for a change. And I've got a few written down. We'll come back to that, so I'll let you... Uh, you haven't got to answer yet. But there'll be names will pop into your head. Oh, I've just remembered one. But uh, we'll think about that. So happy, happy St. Patrick's Day, and well done, Joe, for becoming a prefect. <laughs> but we've already said that. And happy birthday to Edin Dzeko. Your favourite Edin Dzeko moment, Joe, please. Oh, well... Uh, well, he scored against QPR, but yeah. he'll never get remembered for that. It's all about Aguero. Um, White Hart Lane was good. The four goals he got, that was a great day. Um, he scored a goal at Wigan in 2012 that won us a 1-0 in a very tough game where we were out of form, and that was one of the big results towards the championship. But didn't I think for me, didn't he have that kind of bit of a purple patch where he hadn't done very much, and then he scored in about sort of four or five he games on the, the trot, loss, and basically one of the, exactly one of the times. So I don't think there's not necessarily, obviously, the QPR. We, 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 we have to mention the QPR game at every podcast, as we know. We've managed to do it again tonight. Uh, but I think for me, it, it, it's that, that bit of a purple patch he had, and so you pretty much won as the title. Uh, he should be Stuart, you, you, you love Eddie. I think the equaliser against QPR, had he not scored it, we wouldn't have won the title. I remember going to Ewald Park just <laughs> after he joined us, and he'd been really struggling for form. He got us a, a 1 0 winner. That was when we were oh, qualifying right. for the Champions League. And I just remember him, the crowd going mental. Ewald Park, best away day, always always was. And <laughs> we'd go there, we'd, there'd be seven Maybe going there again soon. <laughs> They're not coming up, are they? Oh no, no, we're going. There. <laughs> and I, I just remember him being delighted that he, you know, he was finally sort of getting somewhere with City. The fans just, it was just, a, it was just a really good day. And it was one of those days where you realised City could actually get somewhere, and we could really move onwards. When he first came to City, I thought he was a monster. He would be a monster in the Premier League. But I also thought that about Samaras <laughs> and about Nastasic, and I've been wrong three times. And the beast. And the, and the beast as well, yeah. yeah all he was wrong. another one. They all, we all thought they were wrong. Yeah. Well, I hated Aguero when he first came. Too small. Did you really? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were serious. Joking. Yeah, so, yeah uh, well, you were saying about the end of season last season. Last season, Mourinho said, Jekko, uh, Player of the Year. And obviously he was being a dick and doing his mind games and all that. But... Arguably, he was our best striker last season because he turned up when it mattered. Aguero and Negredo bossed the early season. Jekko popped up with those important goals. He scored at Hull in that in my favourite game ever. He scored that too. It is my favourite game ever. The best performance. Your favourite game ever. Yeah, yeah. If we went to Hull. <clears throat> we went to Hull. We were down to ten men. We won yeah. two nil. Great yeah, performance. True. Scored two at Old Trafford. He scored two against Villa. Scored two at Ev- scored two in the only game I can remember is winning at Goodison. You know, happy well, birthday, Edin. Well done, Edin. And, and listen, let's, I'm trying to be positive and upbeat here, having been really sort of bit downbeat and, and, and super Frankie. Uh, 600 Premier League appearances. Wasn't what, a memorable what a, 600th, was it? Say again? Wasn't a memorable Wasn't six. a memorable, but he's notched up 600. And, okay. you know, that, the famous Mancunian who we're very proud of. Second player <laughs> in the Premier League to do it, isn't he? Yes. After gigs. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's mm-hmm. it. What about yes. you? Soon after New York City. Do that much afterwards. Who's that? Gigs. No, never heard of him. Mm. Um, 
should we? I just want to mention before we move on from the Burnley game because we need to leave some time to think about the Barca game, which is being played tomorrow night, of course. And a number of people can't be here on the podcast because they're already in Barcelona. Um, Reedy in particular, we're missing you, Reedy, and I hope your hips getting better. Um, sort of two ex City players who Ben Mee and Kieran Trippier, who sort of left our ranks to star for Burnley at the weekend, and we congratulate them on their rise to the top. Well, no, Kieran we Trippier, you can take corners. Can we have him back? <laughs> <laughs> and he's probably better than Sanya. You know, we can fit him in the team somewhere. Could we do that? Could we have him sort of, to sort of, sort of dressed in sky blue? And whenever we call, we bring him on, like the American football kickers. <laughs> yes. You know, you kind of you wheel him on, and he kicks the corner, and he, he disappears off again. I think. Well, I, I think it's used unlikely. To say that about Kolarov with free kicks. Before Yaya could take free kicks, I always wanted our lineup to be cliche at left backs. He's a better left back, but Kolarov just bring him on, smash the free kick in the top corner, and go off. <laughs> I think we I think we have to mention when we talk about these two Burnley fullbacks, we got Kieran Trippier and Ben the Tripper, because how that was not a penalty, I yeah. do not know. No, I don't care Just about that. An absolute I'm... stonewall. I mean, I, I think Trippier's actually been quietly one of the best, one of the better sort of players in the promoted teams this year. Solid play from fullback and actually contributes a fair bit going forward. I mean, I thought Ben Mee looked a bit suspect actually at the weekend again with the penalty, which I still don't know how it wasn't given, and I'm going to insist that it should have been. Um, but it wasn't. It, I it don't wasn't. care that it, it wasn't, wasn't given, frankly. It didn't matter. We'd, but it would have. It would probably pissed me off more if we'd drawn. I, th- I thought that as well at the finish. I, I was actually not pleased we lost, but I thought you know if he's a new it. manager it. and they take it seriously, you know that he's not doing the job, then let's lose to Burnley. It was like Hull at home. Minutes. I was sort of annoyed yeah. that we equalised. Yeah. You thought, yeah. well, we got close then. Exactly. Yeah. If we'd lost, you just go, yeah, deserve it. Yeah. So let's have some Irish. Let's go back. I'm going to start off, sir, if I can, with your dad's and my dad's favourite ever Man Peter City Dirty. player, who is going to be captain this side. Absolutely. Because he was a magician, yep. striker. So yep. Peter Doherty um, gets Got to be in the side. He's yeah. in the squad, so he's in, okay. and he gets in. He's a relative of mine as well. Uh, yeah, not you. <laughs> like wish. my uncle Roy. Yeah, like your uncle Roy. <laughs> so un- uncle Pete Sin. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Pete. Right, go on then. Who's going to be between the sticks, Joe? Oh, Kickers. Given. Shay Given all day long. Yeah. Can, can, do we have any other Irish Irish cube? Who knows? But Shay's Carlo in. Nash, he was Irish, was he? Was he? I don't know if he I was. So. I don't no, think no, he was. He's not usurping Shay. Carlo's is he? more Spanish than Irish. Yeah, Carlo. but he wasn't Spanish or anything. Carlo. There are a lot of Spanish I, I'm Irish. Throw one, and, and you two won't remember the younger, but I know the first ever skipper who I saw play for City was an Irishman called Johnny Crossan. Johnny Crossan was a wonderful player. He was a fantastic player. And a, and fantastic a, control of the ball. Uh, so I've got him in my team. Um, so can I put, where else do you want to go I then put with this? Boyhood idol in here. Of course now, you can. Is, he's here. He's there. He's everywhere. Richard Dunn. Richard yeah. Dunn yep. has yeah. got to be in, um, and he's in. Was Stephen Jordan Irish? Stephen I, I know he was. I know he was born in Manchester and everything. But I've, most of the Irish team are actually English. So yeah. I have a feeling <laughs> he was Irish. And then there's Stephen Ireland. Of course, was Irish. Um, one season wonder. Yep. Yeah, one season. But Mike yeah. England wasn't English. Mike no. England was Welsh no. and that always worried me as a small child but <laughs> well, Stephen Matt, Ireland Matt is Holland's a... Irish as well <laughs> no, he's, no he's Dutch <laughs> well, uh, well what was he doing scoring that screamer in 2002 that got a draw with Cameroon then Stephen Ireland's in yeah uh, Mike Shannon was no, he Irish but Niall Quinn needs to be in Niall Quinn oh, Mike Shannon was English, Joe. Well, then yeah. what's the point in having an Irish name if you're not Irish? You can't just talk about Irish names. You got, and if you don't know if they're Irish, can you can't we, just keep doing throwing that? names in. We've got Mike Doyle in, because he's <laughs> Irish. Uh, Niall Quinn. Yeah. Niall Quinn's in. Let me throw a few more in. Mick McCarthy. 
Oh, yeah. Mick Mitt. Well, he's, yeah. he's not Irish. Former Sunderland manager. With a, he's got a broad Irish accent, Mick McCarthy. Oh, just like yeah. your Mank one. Exactly. <laughs> Correct. Uh, Terry Phelan. <laughs> Steve Lomas. Yes. <laughs> Definitely. Jeff Whitley the... and Kevin Horlock. Well, of course, you could have the other Does Whitley as well. remember Willow Flood? Yeah. Yes. 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 Flood, yeah. Oh, he was going to be the next he went to Scotland. Yeah. Glenn Whelan. Glenn Whelan, Willow Flood. Yeah, so happy, happy St. Patrick's Day. Anyway, let's We've listen. Glenn yes. let's, uh, he's in. Don't worry about <laughs> it. Uh, let's talk about Barca then, guys. So uh, here we are. Do you know what? This season could be the best season ever. Just, for just for a moment, for, for City. No, you know, for there, let's just hold on. Let's just turn this. There is no, you'll tell us about the betting. So, Stuart, you're our betting expert here. Okay. We are seven to one to win in ninety minutes against Barcelona. But we can still win and not go through. Is that to win? Absolutely, or to, yeah, just to win the just game. To, all right, okay. One nil, two. But one. to go, but to go through, what is that? Does that change? We're it? about sixty-six to one to win the Champions League. It's <laughs> yeah. about right. But if we get through, we'll be about eight to one. No, sure. But, but God, just just thinking positively for a second, guys. Yeah. So we've got to win. If we win two 0 we're through. We're through. Yeah. Yep. Mm. That so involves us not conceding in the new camp. It's not going to happen. We, we couldn't concede. <laughs> it. We, we conceded at Turf Moor. <laughs> and, we, and let's not forget, we let in two very poor. Come on, where's this positivity gone? gone? All right. Okay, we're going to win three nil tomorrow night. Demichelis is going to score score, score two. Uh, Demich- no, Demichelis will score one. Mangala will score one. Fernando will score one. Mangala won't be And we'll all be, we'll all be singing in perfect Spanish at the Barcelona fans. Cheerio, cheerio, cheerio. adios, adios, adios. So yeah, there's some positivity. And then you'll wake up, Joe. Yeah, and then I'll be like, oh, oh there's another go. Oh, five nil now. Oh. Is it as bad? So, Dave, is it as bad as that? Are we, is it literally no hope? Are we really going to go to Barca with absolutely no hope at all of turning this round? In your view, honestly, I, I know you guys will roll your eyes at me, but what I honestly would make me happy from tomorrow is us to go there and give a disciplined performance yeah. and it not be an embarrassment. Because just to see that we could actually hold our own against Barcelona and play like a side who have the resilience and the ability to play in these big games away from home. That that would mean something to me. I mean, if we if we don't lose by if we don't lose if we don't lose, I consider this to be a successful game. Well, look at last season. Yeah. We were humiliated in the first leg. I mean, I know it was only two nil. We were really second best. Second leg, we played really well and would have beaten anyone else, and we deserved at least a draw. Zaba got pathetically sent off. That was one of the worst decisions I've ever seen. Um, Messi scored against the run of play. You know, we lost a bit of concentration when company equalised, and it looked like we got a momentous little one-all And Alves, that bastard, went and scored. So, yeah, if we and that night we changed our tactics and went 4-5-1. But if the league's gone and this is all we've got to go for, yeah... And you know we we've got world class players, you know, and and if we start if we put a kind of a Newcastle, I know we're not playing Newcastle, and, and I do understand that. You don't laugh at me too much, but if we oh, put Stratford. in, a, oh, I'm not even talking about them tonight at all. So you know, if we put in a performance as we know we can, why can't we win two? The problem now? with what you just said is that we're in a very bad place at the moment. We've got no confidence. We have got great players. Nobody disputes that, but they're not performing. So to expect them to suddenly blossom in in the new camp. Is, is a pipe dream. Well, I will offer some positivity on that, which is we played that really good game in the New Camp last year, three days after being beaten by Wigan exactly. in the Cup. Exactly. And that was crap. That was the worst performance of last season. I mean, the thing that I've been reliably informed is that Barcelona rested a large number of their first teamers this weekend, whereas we yeah, lost yeah. to Burnley with a full strength team. Yeah. Mm. So, I mean, I, the cards are stacked <laughs> so high against us on this if, one. If we do somehow pull through, we have Joe Hart to thank. Yeah. 
Absolutely, that last minute sort of penalty the turning save point and, uh, yeah. in the time. Well, it's not, is it? We're still no. going to go out, but we could. I can watch that clip a few times. Go, says our keeper. He saved a penalty off Messi. Sure, keeper. Defense, he's not. He's no. He's not insurmountable. Panics like most defenses panic when you when you weave your way through them. They did play most well. Most defenses at, will yes, yes. collapse under that sort of pressure. And, and is he going to go? Is he going to go? One up top and five in midfield? Well, I came prepared to this podcast with the formation and the team I'd like to play. Well, let's hear it, Joe. Uh, as, as you're now a prefect of your primary school, you can, you can give us your... We'll allow you to do that. If you don't. Vo- I, voted, I can give outlines now. Voted by your fe- fellow pupils. It's, yep. It just gets more impressive all the time. So let's have your squad then. Uh, I'd go with Hart and Goal, obviously. This is an Irish squad, is it? Or is this a full... <laughs> That's Ian Hart and Goal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Zabaleta, company, uh, Demichelis... Kolarov because Kalishi's suspended so it's got to be Kolarov midfield I want Toure and Dino I want Milner in I don't care about contracts he will play well Milner on the left Nasri on the right I don't know what's happened to him he had poor performance at Liverpool and he's suddenly being slagged off all the time so yeah still stick him in there Silver number 10 best player in the team at this season and Sergio Aguero up front any any complaints for that Stuart no, is that, is that, I don't see him very much I do yeah. I What's genuinely to Barney, by the way? He's out of his depth in the Champions League. At three paces. And what was he played, what, three or four games? We can't, he's, he's come into we can't judge him on that, but he is a Premier League player. Hold on, he's not played three or four games. He's not played a game. He's well, come on as a, a second-half no, no, substitute. Played, he's played Leicester. Leicester, he started. That's yeah. true. And he was poor, actually. He had a lot he's of been chances. Poor. He's been poor for all the time he's been on the field. OK, he hasn't started more than <laughs> one game, but he's been poor. He is a, Premier League, a proven Premier League player. OK, he may not be... You know, au fait with the system. The other players aren't either, but, you know. <laughs> Why single him he's, out? He's yeah, exactly. very, I've been very disappointed with him, I yeah. have to say, because no. I was one of his greatest fans before he came to I, the th- I'm, I'm going to disagree with you on that one, Stuart. I think he's going to. I'm sorry. I think he's going to uh, be a second season player for us. I think. I don't think you should underestimate a good pre season with a club. I mean, sometimes we get. We have misleading good pre seasons, like Jovetic and Jekko's had a couple, I think. But no, I think if he has a good pre season with us, that would make a world of difference I think players like him often players make a big step up and come to big clubs they are I mean take Giroud for example look how well he's been playing this season and look how poor he was when Arsenal first signed him I'm not, I'm not saying, Joe, that he's not a good player and will not come good, but at the moment... You're I'm disappointed, disappointed with him. Yeah. yeah, Dave. Complaining about Boney now is like complaining about the I'm wallpaper not, not while the roof's leaking. You've got... You know, <laughs> the problems are in midfield. It's so clearly in midfield, and then, you know, it, yeah. it's a problem for everyone because the defence aren't adequately covered, the strike force aren't adequately provided for, purely because it's not working in midfield. And it's but he's had chances. That's nothing to do with midfield. He's had a couple of reasonably good chances which he would have put away for Swansea and he hasn't done so for us he will come good I'm sure I think we're not putting all the blame on Paul Wilfried's delicate shoulders are we let's be honest so we look forward very much having had the disappointment of the weekend to our trip to Barcelona uh, on Wednesday night and we've got Michael Owen I think for those having to watch on television who have the the benefit of Mr Owen's excellent commentary and (laughs) uh, punditry so we'll do that with the sound if you're watching on telly let's do that with the sound down Uh, and then finally before we sign off um, just quickly about New York City Uh, and we'll talk about the status game quickly as well but New York City Stuart they They play great football They, they pass the ball beauty they play holistic football <laughs> and they had 43,000 at this ramshackle Yankee Stadium, which is really a disgrace. I mean, it's the wrong shape. It's a baseball stadium, isn't it? I know. <laughs> and David Veer looked good. Uh, Shea Facey came on uh, on loan yeah. at the moment at, yeah. uh, 
New York City, and he looked good for 50. He played for 15 minutes, but they looked very. In the first half, they were under cosh a bit. Keeper played pretty well, um, but they look a fairly good side. And Melbourne At City, are you going to give us a view of Melbourne I've City as well? Recently, no, what about no. the Japanese? And we've got Japanese. Yeah, yeah, so we, we, we could, we yeah. could really David Veer would fit in tomorrow night. Mm. We could do with him actually. I'd like David Veer. So maybe when Lampard turns up there, then maybe we'll do it. Do it. That do might a, not be a place for him. Do a swap. Well, it looks like they could have Chavi as well there. Yeah, yeah. It could be getting yeah. him. No, it's interesting yeah, times. It's interesting. I mean, they got you know to sell out the New York, the sure. Yankee Stadium. Sure. Pretty good. Six months. Yeah. So finally, listen. Before we sign off, um, we got West Brom, twelve forty-five. Oh, what joy! Kick off. When you know. we're away. So home. home. Yeah, but Absolutely. see for Tony Pugh. BC Sport. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be. So much, I'm, I'm, I am seeing. I'm probably just being negative because of our recent run of form. But I'm seeing a, seeing a horrible, gritty draw or even a win sort of win where you don't feel great coming out of it having listened to Michael Owen's grating voice all through the game telling his boring cliches about his time of a footballer you know none of which are relevant to the game and oh, Michael Owen is not actually a drive by the Football Association to get more people to attend games <laughs> <laughs> well it doesn't seem to be working at City exactly listen gentlemen we look forward to Barcelona we look forward to West Bromwich Albion uh, yeah. in that order <laughs> thank you very much to Stuart Brodkin to Joe Doherty and to Dave Hodgson this is Nigel Rothman saying thanks for listening and we'll talk to you all very soon this is a Playback Media production to listen to all our football podcasts visit playbackmedia.co.uk Sports Social Podcast Network <laughs>